When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Alrighty, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. It is time for the second half of the Curtain to Call podcast. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. Joined as, by always, one Mr. Jeffrey Benedict. And, uh, of course, we're breaking down the offseason tonight, the second half of our show. Really, we kind of ended things off the first half about whether or not Ben's mistakes will be corrected by the running game. And to con- kind of continue on that same note, when Ben Roethlisberger, really, when the when the season ended, the 2020 season ended, that uh, flop against the Browns, uh, Ben Roethlisberger kind of fell apart throughout that uh, the end of the regular season. He did have an, an interesting game for himself in the playoffs, over 500 yards and four touchdowns, but also four picks. Yeah, yeah the, the general consensus really was, yeah, is, this, is this still the guy? Is it time to move on? Of course, the Steelers opted to bring him back. It, it seemed like there's some people inside the organization that were ready to move on from Ben, and there's others that were not. Of course, Ben's taking less money to come back, which really helped the team. He added some void years. He, he, he almost slashed his uh, his cap hit in 2021 in half. Now, um, he, of course, he's back on, on this one-year deal. Were you excited when uh, all this kind of came down we knew Ben was coming back for sure? Or was there any a, a point in time where you're like, maybe it's time for a change? I always figured he'd be back. I think I was consistent in that, even when we were talking about it. Um, there were times where I'm like, once Pouncey retired, I was, you know, like, you know, Ben could go too. That's that's the chance we had. Uh, but I didn't think he would just because as much as he has dominated the Cleveland Browns and the state of Ohio after they passed on him, I honestly – that loss in the playoffs and how badly he started and how that all went down 
I couldn't see Ben Roethlisberger leaving football with that being his last game. And in such a notable game, right? That is if that as a last game, that would be something that would forever be remembered as his last game. The game with the, you know, it went over his head and he didn't fall on the ball. And then he threw four interceptions and it would be there like haunting him. Like that would be a bigger memento on his career than, than the accomplishments he had made just absolutely dominating inside the state of Ohio. I do have to apologize. I didn't miss a super chat. So we'll go back to this from Snowman who puts $5 in the tip jar he asked, with training camp getting closer, will Kendrick Green sign soon or after training camp starts? Jeffrey, do you uh, do you have any thoughts on this? Oh, this is like a Dave Schofield question. Really, he did write an article um, on this. He did. Did he say? Did he say? Because I don't. I was trying to think of how many rookies have signed after training camp started. Like I don't. After the that CBA, when like rookie contracts kind of became like just based on a chart. Yeah. I don't think that's ever happened. I really expect him to sign. I haven't, I haven't honestly been paying attention to it because to me, it's one of those, like it's inevitable now. It's one of those things. They'll just sit down and be like, all right, so this contract and you'll be like, yes, that contract. And then they sign it. Like it's, there's so little wiggle room. All they got to do is find out what's going on around him. Uh, I'll never, I'll never hold it against a player for trying to get exactly as much money as they possibly can to, to the last cent. Uh, or even perks, benefits, guarantees, whatever. I, I don't, you know, take what you can get. The NFL makes tons of money. These owners never uh, lose money. And when they do, they find ways to to ditch it onto the salary cap so that they don't have to spend money the next year. Uh, so for me, I, I I don't know. I'm not, I'm not great at it, but I expect he will sign before training camp or very, very quickly once it starts. Yeah, this is something I wouldn't be worried about. I, I think it'd be a big mistake for Kendrick Green too if he were to hold out because he's a rookie with the chance to start in year one. But like he shows up, <laughs> that's going to significantly help his chance. If he misses a week or two weeks of camp, now all of a sudden we're talking about BJ Finney starting in week one, which I suppose is a possibility, but that's not what we should be rooting for, in my opinion. We should really hope Kendrick Green is good enough to go in week one, and I fully think the Steelers coaching staff will give him every opportunity to be the guy and prove whether or not he is incapable of starting. I don't know if you'd agree with that, Jeffrey. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that, absolutely. Speaking of coaches as well, um, the Steelers did have to make some moves uh, a little bit defensively, mostly on the offensive side, including uh, bringing a quarterback coach in for the first time in a couple of years, brand new offensive coordinator, brand new O-line coach, a couple new assistants. Uh, how do you feel about these coaching hires? Because th- this was one of the big talking points of the offseason. Do you, After a couple months, really, to kind of digest it all, and before they played, do you think they've made the right decisions or – in some circumstances, do you wish they went in a different direction? I'm sorry. What did you say again? I, I, I'm really sorry. I missed no, it's that. all good. Uh, when it comes to these, this coaching staff, so okay. they hired some new guys this offseason. Yeah. Um, Matt Canada, Adrian Clem, uh, the assistant online coach whose name is blanking me right now, Michael Sullivan, uh, the quarterback coach. I, I believe Terrell Austin just officially took over duties as a secondary coach. Do you, do you think they hired all the right guys or 
in some circumstances, do you wish they went in a different direction, even before they've taken the field? I think they went with the right guys. Uh, Adrian Clem, for all his problems and, 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 you know, I don't know if they're scandals. I don't know what you'd call them. And, and he had in college that kind of got him out of there. Uh, he's kind of rebuilt himself, and the Steelers' locker room likes him. And so if you're getting a vote of confidence from the leaders in that room, then you go with it. You say, okay, if he's doing well, then, then you go with him. And I think he is that – he he kind of brings exactly the mentality that we're all sitting here saying you need to bring. Uh, Terrell Austin, as, as long as the Steelers can keep Terrell Austin and Keith Butler, whatever titles they have to give Terrell Austin – or Keith Butler, whatever names, titles, money they have to give those guys, give them because the two of them together are making an incredible defense. They are really, really doing incredible work. Uh, I, I like all of it. I don't I don't have a problem with any of the guys on here. It's amazing to me how fast this offense has changed all of its coaches, all of its coaches from offensive coordinator to wide receivers coach, running backs coach, wide receiver coach. Offensive line coach uh, and tight end coach changed too. Like they've all changed in just a few seasons. So this is a very, like all the ties have been cut with the older coaching staffs. This, none of these guys have been around that long on this offensive coaching staff, which is really strange and very different for the Steelers. Obviously, you know, they probably weren't going to get rid of Daryl Drake. <laughs> he, that his unfortunate death, that's, I mean, that was tragic. Um, some of the other guys were just really old and they, they retired. They were like, you know what? I'm done. I'm retiring. Uh, but it all came together very quickly, much like the change on the offensive line where you expected, you know, one guy this year, a guy next year. And then all of a sudden, boom, it's just massive turnover all at once. Now the offense specifically, I know you're running a a few articles on Matt Canada himself and what that offense is going to kind of look like. And and we are going to have a a Matt Canada show probably next week with a special guest to break him down and what we should expect from uh, the offense in 2021. But him specifically us sitting here right now, I would say if anyone was the Matt Canada expert on behind the steel curtain.com, I would definitely go to you first Jeffrey. So you're, you're the one, to ask this question to, but do you think this offense can translate to the NFL? We've seen it successful in the NCAA. He's bounced around to a ton of teams. It's worked basically everywhere to a degree LSU. Uh, maybe his personality didn't work out there, but uh, do you think this offense is going to work in the NFL? Oh, this is, this is such a big question. Uh, what I've been working on, a lot of this stuff already works in the NFL. You're already seeing it. The reason the Steelers signed Matt Canada is because of what teams like the Chiefs are doing, right? Because of what the Rams have been doing, because of what a lot of teams have been doing, where they've brought up different schemes. The way San Francisco runs the ball. You know, like you take this combination, Baltimore, I mean, running the veer in the NFL and just dominating with it. Just having it's a play, it's a single play that people just cannot stop. Uh has really has really opened the door and said, what are their concepts? What else is going to work? And you kind of need someone to bring this stuff in. And Canada does it all. The problem you have with Matt Canada, what I've seen on film and what looks shows up in the stats is his offense will look incredible on national television in some game against a team that his team has no business playing against 
and be and running with, like the Clemson win for for University of Pittsburgh. Uh, when he was at NC State, he gave Clemson a run for a while, like half a game. They were ahead of Clemson at the end of the half at, at NC State. Uh, like a lot of games like that where it's just like, whoa, look at this offense. And then you'll check the score chart, and two weeks later they were shut out. Like entirely just they couldn't score points. Uh, and when you go over some of those games, you're like – it's like the team isn't executing well. Like, you know, and in college, you you can sit there and say, okay, did they, did they hype them up for this game and then this other game? The kids just, just weren't up. It's college, right? And there's a reason major programs are major programs and minor programs are minor programs because you can you might get up for a half a game and, and really play with Clemson, and then two weeks later, you know, you're not hyped up for a game and you get blown out. But Matt Canada has some questions there. His offensive design, his schemes, that's all been proven in the NFL. All the stuff he does, it works in the NFL. And frankly, looking through our season, early season, especially last season, it worked. There was there was more of Matt Canada's stuff last season than, than people think, than I even thought. I'm looking through, I'm finding plays. And so it works, it has worked. The question is, for me, uh, and we've talked about this before. What happens? What happens when they play Mike Vrabel? Right? What happens when Mike Vrabel? Because Mike Vrabel put on put on film how to defend Lamar Jackson. He was that guy last season. He was the guy that put on film how to defend the Steelers with that offense that was rolling early in the season. It was Vrabel. When we face Vrabel. That's going to be the question mark. When you face Vrabel and then you have to face Baltimore a few weeks later and they've had a chance to look at what Mike Vrabel did and build on it, that's going to be the question for Matt Canada. What do you do when the really good defensive minds get a hold of your film, look at it, and start devising ways to stop it? Uh, and to me, to me, the answer to that is it depends on the players because – if you're running a play where it's like, okay, we've got an interior run, we've got a jet sweep, but we could also pass out of this because we have designs where we've shown we can pass out of this. If it's last season, they can sit there and say, if we don't have to respect the inside run, we can drop a linebacker here. We can set a safety here. And if that sweep motion goes, just send them, right? Because we know you're not throwing the ball. And we know that when we're not afraid of the interior run, then they can shut it all down. But if, Again, that interior run is working. The rest of it falls into place. Almost like the old, you know, the old Pittsburgh Steelers under Bill Cowher, where they'd run the same run play 10 times a game. They didn't care that you knew it was coming. You couldn't stop it. And if you can't stop an interior run, if you can't stop an inside zone run, then you're not sitting on the jet sweep. You're not prepared for the pass that's going to come off of a jet sweep fake. You know, you're not you're not ready for this stuff because you can't divert the resources to do that and stop the inside run game. So to me, that's that's the key. Like if this run game works to the point that it is something teams have to commit to defending and even and maybe even overcommit, then the rest of his offense will work uh, with the caveat of we and then if, if some of it isn't working, then you've got to see what Vrabel does, because if Mike Vrabel. If Mike Gravel puts on film how to solve it, then then you've got to adapt. And that'll be the interesting thing for Matt Canada. I also want to add in here that 
after all of what stuff Matt Canada did, LSU flops, goes to Maryland. Uh, he takes that year off, right? And he has talked about what a big year off that was that he voluntarily took to look at his coaching style, to look at what other people did, and to adapt his coaching style to be better, to adapt his playbook to be better. So we even looking at the college film, I have to put in the caveat that Matt Canada knew he needed something more. Matt Canada knew he needed to put it all together better. He knew that there were flaws in his system uh, that were holding him back. And he took a year off to work on that. So that to me is also a question. What, what did he learn in that year? Cause we haven't seen it. So now we've talked about the system. We talked earlier about the old line and running back when it comes to personnel for running this offense, Skill position-wise, do they have the right guys? Do they have the guy to run the orbit? Who do you think that's going to be? Do they have the right quarterback? Could this offense be better if they had someone more mobile? I know there's a lot of questions to kind of dig through here, but do they have the right personnel? Uh, when we start with personnel, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with someone who uh, on the Steelers whose birthday is today. Don't know if you know whose birthday is today, Michael? Beck. I do. I do. He's Canadian. Yeah. Chase Claypool, happy twenty third birthday, Chase Claypool, and Cassius Marsh actually both both birthdays today. Really, Cassius Marsh too. Yep. Wow, Canadian Pokemon Day. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pokemon, <laughs> eh? Um, Pokemon. Is there any hockey Pokemon? Never mind. I'm going off on tangents now. I'm not going to talk about <laughs> hockey and Pokemon. Okay, could be a fun show. Back to the topic. Uh, Chase Claypool is a Big-time weapon in this offense. The last time uh, Matt Canada had a receiver like Chase Claypool, I'm going to go back to Indiana, right? And he used the heck out of him. He had a, he had a big, tall guy who catched the ball, fought for the ball, used, used him a lot in a lot of different ways to get him open. Uh, so Chase Claypool, watch out for that because that kind of physical mismatch on the outside draws defenses – that's another one of those things. If you got the interior run game going and you got Chase Claypool out on the outside who's near, you know, who you have to divert extra resources to, then you're opening up even more. You know, you're open like Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown opened up so much for other players. They can do that. They like Chase Claypool and Najee Harris can do that for other guys. And when you're talking about Juju Smith Schuster having a bit more space and teams not being able to really, you know, focus him down. He becomes a threat, and he's a threat because he is so versatile. He can do – like, we used him. His first touchdown in the NFL was scored on a shovel pass, like a a thing that Matt Canada has used everywhere he went. We did it in 2017 with Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, Todd Haley used those shovel passes with Juju Smith-Schuster because Smith-Schuster, <laughs> thank you, uh, was dangerous on those. He was really good at them. So, and then you got the, I mean, we haven't even talked about Deontay Johnson, who can fit as a traditional slot receiver in, in Matt Canada's offense. He uses more of the traditional slot and less of the big blocking slots. He also uses a lot more running backs and tight ends as slot receivers. Like he does, he, he, he mixes around that. He likes the bigger receivers outside them. If you watch his, his film. Uh, so I'd be, I'm going to be interested in seeing where Deontay actually lines up. But I think the wide receiver core all works. Najee Harris is kind of a perfect fit 
as the tailback in a Matt Canada system. I'm going to be interested to see how many passes he gets because for a long time, uh, if you were the tailback, the ball didn't go to you in the air. You weren't getting thrown to. You ran the ball and that was it. If you were the second running back and you were doing wing back and you were doing motion and you were doing jet sweeps, you'd get the ball thrown to you. Uh, it's kind of a weird thing that I think he phased out in his later years. Uh, and he's going to have to change for the NFL. He's going to have to He's gonna have to find more ways to get Donji Harris the ball as a receiver. But I think I think Pat Fryermuth and Eric Ebron are perfect for this kind of approach. I could, I could see them doing a shovel pass to Eric Ebron. I think Ebron would be fine in that circumstance, not a ton of them, because you don't want him taking too many hits. Pat Fryermuth, perfect kind of guy to just get that. You watch him run through people with the ball. Yeah, give him, send him in motion, give him a little shovel pass up the middle, boom. Pat Fryermuth is, you know, running up there and hitting your safety with a head of steam. That's not that's not fun for the defense. So I think we have the personnel, and obviously I've already talked about, I think the line they've rebuilt really to fit Matt Canada's offense well. Uh, the question is Ben Roethlisberger. And that's why I think... The million-dollar question. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger. And I, I've been kind of covering that. My last film room on Matt Canada was about play action. Uh, because when he was at NC State against Clemson on their first touchdown drive, he starts it off with this with this funky player. He gets, he gets two running backs in the backfield, but they're lined up right in front of each other, right to the right of the quarterback who's in shotgun. And there's a tight end to that side and the two wide receivers the other side. And they ran a little read option play with, off a, with, a, with a jet sweep threat. Uh, you're obviously not running that with Ben Roethlisberger. You're not running a, a, a read option where one of the options is for Ben Roethlisberger to keep the ball and run up the middle. But the play after that, they ran the exact same look well, with one difference of, of instead of a second running back, they moved a wide receiver outside. And they threw it to the running back who was actually wide open. And it's really clever how he did it to get him wide open, to seeing how the defense reacted to the first play, show him the exact same motion. In fact, to the point that the left guard pulled, right, on a pass play, he pulled and blocked uh, the defensive end that was coming from the other side, right? He he pulled and blocked that guy, uh, and it was a pass, and the running back was wide open because the guy responsible for the running back in a pass coverage in man came up to defend the jet sweep. And so by the time he got back, he's, like, looking, like, where's the, where's my guy? And the guy catches the ball, and it's a 30-yard game. Like – that was a play-action play. It was in shotgun. The quarterback never turned around, never had to take his eyes off the field. It was clearly not really a read. It was a play-action pass where he just faked the handoff, faked the read, like, oh, I'm looking at the defense here. Boom. Right downfield to the running back who's wide open. He has – Matt Canada has run play-action the way Ben Roethlisberger needs play-action to be run, which is I'm not turning around – you know, looking away from the defense and then having to reconnect with the defense, see where everyone is and figure out who's open. He's not good at that. Uh, when he used to run play action when he was younger, he would run play action, yeah, but he'd also run around for three or four seconds until he saw who was open. And if he had to, he'd throw a linebacker to the ground. That's that's how he did play action. And that's how he succeeded at it. He's not going to do that anymore. So Matt Canada's style of play action, he's already done that. And as we saw with, with Nathan Peterman at Pitt, he can run a read option where the options are handoff to James Conner or pitch it up underneath to a tight end 
on a shovel pass, which is crazy effective, and especially if you do actually have a mobile quarterback, uh, it's really effective because teams have to respect, and they're rushing that handoff. Like, that's the way you defend it. If you watch how we defend Lamar Jackson, T.J. Watt just rushes the handoff. And whether whether Lamar hands it off or not, he's hitting Lamar Jackson. He's putting hands on Lamar Jackson every time. Well, if you're doing that and there's a shovel pass, him, the defensive lineman, they're all they're all on the wrong side of the play all of a sudden. So Matt Canada can make it work around Ben Roethlisberger, but again, every every step you're taking to make it work for Ben Roethlisberger is another threat you're removing from other places and another chance the defense has to catch on to what you're doing. Right. It, it, so that's the part, that's the part I'm most questionable about is will Ben Roethlisberger work in this offense? And I think he's giving it a good go. If the play action works, he works. And that's really the answer. If, if, the, if the play action works with Ben Roethlisberger, then he works in this offense. So to kind of round out the, the whole offensive talk with this new scheme, I, I'm curious your thoughts on which singular player will have like the biggest statistical impact from it. Who's going to take the, the biggest jump playing in this system under Matt Canada? Compared to like last year? Yeah. I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. I think – I think the way he plays, Juju has a chance to be closer to what he was in 2018. And a lot, you know, like maybe the yards aren't that much better because I don't think any of the receivers are going to be putting up huge yards, especially if the run game's actually going. Uh, but I think you could see Juju Smith-Schuster come back to lead this team in receiving or be number two uh, instead, instead of what he was last season where often he was just kind of forgotten and getting thrown absolutely trash routes that were just two yards and get lit up by a linebacker. Uh, so I, I think he stands to benefit a lot. I think they will use him well uh, when he's healthy. That That is a really good pick. Uh, I, I think i got to completely agree with you on that one. Um, a couple more thoughts before we end the show tonight. I, I have some fun questions I, I did want to end the show with. It, starting off with this one, if there was – one thing specifically you could change about this offseason, it was completely on you, whether it was signing a player, whether it was a different draft pick, whether it was cutting someone specifically. What's the one move you would have made? Sign Justin Houston. We can still do that. I know. We can still do that. Uh, actually, I really wanted uh, the center from Green Bay. You stole mine. Corey Lindsley. Corey, Corey <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I shouldn't have gone to. That's <laughs> okay. Well, I'm stealing all of your favorite ones. I'm trying to think of anyone else you really, really were championing there. Uh, but I like Corey Lindsay. Him. <laughs> yeah. Corey Lindsay was good. I'll let you talk about Corey Lindsay if you want. Oh, I mean, he's arguably the best center in the league. So obviously he was a free agent, what, first team all pro a year ago. That would have been really nice. Uh, makes Steelers a little runs, bit more flexible. And with that, he was running outside zone. A lot. Right. He is so ad he is he's that kind of athlete athletic profile. He would have worked really well. Yeah, I, I was surprised to a degree that they didn't uh chase a running or a center rather at all. That, that's something if I could change one thing uh early in the offseason would be that later on in the offseason now it's uh, making a move for an outside linebacker, which I think again, I think it will happen. It kind of has to. Otherwise, they, I, I'm gonna feel sick to my stomach most games until they do make that move, but 
at, at this point, the, the, the most important thing is adding an outside linebacker, which I think will eventually happen. Um, I guess kind of the, we might have time for a couple more of these, but uh, do you think on the whole this offseason made the team better from last year? Okay. Uh, Sean Surratt and Randy Feekner being replaced by Adrian Clem and Matt Canada has the chance to make more of a difference on this team and this franchise than any of the other moves we made. Those, those moves right there. If Matt Canada's system works in the NFL, then this team is going to be a real nightmare to deal with for everyone. Nobody is going to want to play the Steelers. If that offensive line is pushing people around on the inside and Najee Harris is making runs, Matt Canada's offense comes together and Ben Roethlisberger is running play action. I, I don't I don't care what you draw up, Mike Rabel. I don't care. At that point, if the interior run is going and, and, and Ben Roethlisberger can run play action, then this offense, I mean, it's not going to be the Chiefs offense, but it's, it, it could get not far off from that kind of level of just straight up really good play. Like they could, they could put up those kind of, maybe not those numbers because the Chiefs also run high tempo and we are not, we should not be running high tempo with that team. Uh, but that kind of efficiency, we should be getting Baltimore, Kansas City in that range, top five in, in points per drive. We could get there if, if those moves work out. So for me, the biggest is Sean Surratt and Randy Feekner being gone, Matt Canada and Adrian Clem in. Yeah, to, to me, when it comes to the players, I think the biggest things that we need to see is the offensive line play above the expectation, which I think to play above expectation won't be that hard because expectation is so low, despite this team being bringing a whole new unit from the one that was terrible last year. So I, I think we'll see some better stuff out of the O-line. After that, of course, it, a lot comes down to Ben Roethlisberger. If he still has it, if he's willing to run all these uh, new and creative things, think more, stand in the pocket longer, deliver the ball down the field better, then, uh, yeah, all of a sudden we're talking about a legitimate team, a legitimate offensive threat with the defense that sure is missing some bodies but could be close to as good as they've been in recent years. Um, one of the last – actually, the last question we'll uh, leave it on tonight here – is whether or not you think this team is a contender. Are they up there with the Chiefs and the Bills and the Browns, I guess, that so many people want to throw them in there, and heck, even the Titans? Would you lump them into that kind of category in the AFC specifically? First off, the Browns aren't contenders. A lot of people want to say they are. They 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 had a fantastic season, their best season in years. Did they, did they drastically improve from last season? Analytically? Did they look like they're going to be – Analytically, their defense, despite adding Jadavian Clowney and John Johnson, uh, the yeah. analytics community is saying their defense didn't get any better. And then offensively, yeah. it's the they still have a great offensive line, a great running back, and two good receivers that don't really fit the offense. And yeah, and they also doesn't fit as a tight end. And they beat a beat up Steelers team that shot themselves in the foot repeatedly in the wild card game. Like that's what they did. So to me, the Browns aren't contenders. Anyways. Anyways, uh, Steelers as contenders right now, no. There are so 
many question marks. If you want to say a dark horse contender, someone who could come up unexpectedly and you don't know what you're going to get from them, because as much as I just talked up what they could be, if that interior line struggles and they're not running up the middle and teams solve Matt Canada's offense because he's not able to put multiple threats on the field that you have to respect, this team's going to be worse than it was last season. With this offensive line, there's no, hey, we can just turn it over to Ben. They're not going to pass like block like David DeCastro and, and Alejandro Villanueva. They're not going to be that team. So if this goes bad, you can't just turn it over to Ben and still win games against crappier opponents most of the time. Like, that's not a thing. If this goes bad, it's going to go very, very bad. I don't think the Steelers should be viewed as contenders, except in the case of what we're talking about. If these changes work out, if Trey Turner is able to get back something of what he had, if Kendrick Green develops and B.J. Finney is the 2019 version of himself, uh, and you know Ben Roethlisberger learns this system, they're able to run and all the receivers are getting open and all this stuff is happening and the defense is good, man, they're going to be great. If we found out Bud Dupree and Steven Nelson were much and Mike Hilton were much better and much more important to this defense than we're giving them credit for, and this offensive line doesn't come together, Steelers could be very bad. So I don't think they should be viewed as contenders because there is such a wide, wide range of possibilities here. Uh, but the Steelers very well, if things go well, yeah, they could win it. They could win it. And, again, health. Health comes into it. You got you to be healthier than the other guys. Right. Now, uh, sat on that before we, uh, we wind things down. I, I will say I think this team – of course, with having so many question marks, it, it could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing. If they answer them all, they'll be a great team. If uh, they get them wrong, they could suck. And it, for, for the Steelers sucking, I still think that might be like a game, maybe two games below 500. Like uh, the team they put together is probably flirting a game or two above 500 right now. They could be a 10, 10 and 7, 9 and 8 team. That wouldn't surprise me. And with an expanded playoff field, that would still likely get them in. And, heck, the AFC North, I'm still not very high on the Ravens. And I think the Browns, they have tendencies to shoot themselves in the feet. Heck, they lost to the Jets last year. Like, they're still not this juggernaut that so many people want to make them out to be. So, could 10-7 and 7 win them the AFC North? If you have that positive win differential in the common opponents, absolutely you could. That, that could be enough. Uh, then really, I guess it comes down to getting red hot in the playoffs. Could it happen? Yeah, it's the NFL. Any given Sunday, once you get there, you could go on a run. But right now, to say they're one of the top of the top teams would not be fair, uh, especially when you've seen how much work Kansas City and Buffalo and uh, all these real teams that are viewed as super strong contenders. I don't think you can lump them in until some of these questions are answered, and it won't be until they hit the field. With all that being said, though, Jeffrey, is there anything you want to plug on our way out? I, I know uh, you've been working on those Matt Cannon articles. Yes, uh, the one I, the one that came out today is the one on play action. Uh, that is a really good one to go look at. Uh, it's it's all about the play he ran, and if you look at it, it's exactly a kind of thing uh, that this team needs. That kind of play action where it looks like a run play all the way through, and then it's a pass. He, Matt Canada is brilliant with play action, and that, that can really help this offense. Perfect. Um, you know, uh, 
the other thing that I want to add on at the end here, make sure uh, you're clicking over behind the steel curtain.com and following all the family of podcasts. Of course, the Scobro show ran yesterday uh, with two bros that certainly weren't Scos. So you, you can check that out to see what I'm talking about. Um, of course, uh, you have my live Mike and Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride uh, in the morning. So you can also uh, also Dave Schofield's uh, Stat Geek. Don't want to forget that one, uh, which will drop Thursday morning. So make sure you're checking out the entire family of podcasts because there's a ton of great content here for you guys. If you're a Steelers fan, if you're looking for that stuff all off season long, all season long, you're getting what? Three podcasts a day. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you're su- subscribed to all that great stuff. And you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, which should be your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, for my co-host, Jeffrey Benedict, my name is Michael Beck. I want to thank you for tuning in. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.